when God calls you, when God calls you, what word does he say? Well, that's going to be individual to each of you. So, um, so as unique as your name is, and say your parent calls you, I get called Jennifer, Jen, Jenny. God's going to call you what you prefer to be called, first of all. Good. And he's going to call what captures your attention. So not sure if that's what was meant by that. What, does, what word does he use? What does he say? But he's always going to tell you, I love you. So if you're having a hard time hearing his voice, listen for that voice that's comforting. It's telling you, I love you, as a father would do. That's good. And I think it's Isaiah that says he calls you by your name. So that was totally accurate. He calls you by your name, whatever your name is. What is your supernatural experience? Ooh. Well, there's a couple. Um, one is sitting right in the audience. Grace, I would say, was supernatural for sure. <laughs> she was my premature baby. Um, so that was definitely, I had to really rely on no, trusting in the supernatural. God knew what he was doing because it did not look like it was supposed to based on what man had uh, laid out for me in the mm -hmm. expectation. So that, I would have to say, was probably the biggest supernatural um, but one, like a miracle, like a supernatural, like a miracle happening for me, I was slated to have uh, surgery on my wrist and I had a ganglion cyst. So it was just like a capsule of like joint fluid that caused pain. So I was, uh, still believing and contending, right? That, that, um, I was going to be healed, but boy, it was hurting a lot. And sometimes, you know, miracles, signs and wonders come mm -hmm. in different ways. So I was like, okay, I'm going to trust right up to the last day. Well, we went to a prophetic uh, service and I was leaving and the lady called me out and she said you have an issue with your the, the lead in your right arm and I didn't wear my brace in I took it off you know and she says and she goes you're going to leave here and it will be you're going to experience pain like you never have but then you'll have a releasing and I was like praise God but I was I was having surgery the next then the, on that Monday and it was on a Friday and I'm like okay that's cool she you know that's great right in line well I woke up Saturday morning and I barely could like even pick up my hand. It hurt so bad. And I was like, well, she said it was going to get worse before it got better. Well. And I went out my way and Papa Ben was having, my father-in-law was having a birthday party. A, I think I was, I don't surprise or 60th. I don't know. But anyway, so I was going about my business and I was walking out of Costco for my mother-in-law and my, I was holding my arm like this. It hurt so bad. Mm. It was like, I wasn't even utilizing it. And I was like, you know what? This I'm not going to receive this. In Jesus' name, she Amen. said it was going to get worse before it got better. It's gotten worse, and it's going to get better, and right now. And I was, and all of a sudden, I felt this, like, almost explosion in my wrist, and the pain left me, and it was gone. I did not have surgery wow. on Monday. praise God. So isn't that cool? So that was truly probably, for me personally, my own supernatural, that would be a tangible one for me. But, I mean, my experience with Grace was you really had to trust because I, there wasn't anything that I could do for her. It was out of my hands. Right. And I think sometimes that's when you really connect with the supernatural is when you come to that moment where you realize it isn't, there is not anything you humanly can do. And there was not anything that I could do for her other than pray and talk to her and be there for her and believe for her and contend for her. That's all I could do. Mm -hmm. Good word. Awesome. Really good. There's, there's no question. No question. <laughs> Get a word from God. <laughs> there must be some leftovers from last week. Oh, it was the same one. 
Pretty handwriting, though. <laughs> Can you share the meaning behind Hebrews 1.14, angels? Oh, did we do that one last? We forgot to take it out. Okay, yeah. Can loved ones in heaven visit us on earth in the form of angels or a spirit? So that's an interesting one. So we have angels in, that visit us, but the Bible does not say that there are loved ones that visit us. Right. So unfortunately, that would be a no. But you've got plenty of ministering angels. If you need help, you need a voice, you need, you need to connect with God, you need wisdom, you need to hear. You've got a whole host of angels you can call on, and they will minister to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And so when we leave our earth suit, thank you, Jesus, we go right into his glory. This says, do you think angels talk to us in dreams? Hmm. Mm, well, angels are messengers. So mm -hmm. I think that if you're willing to hear from God in that way, then he's going to meet you where you're at. And I say that because um, in dreams, oftentimes my, da my dad is present in terms of it looks like my dad, but I really know it's God talking to me. Um, just based on his words and, and what he's sharing with me. But that's what's familiar to me. And I actually never really, I don't see the face. It's always from the back. Mm -hmm. But I think I recognize that was my earthly father. So I feel like sometimes when the Lord wants to get my attention, he'll show me something familiar to get my attention. So um, for me, so do you think angels talk to us in our dreams? I think if we give them permission, they absolutely will because they are messengers. So mm -hmm. they've got to talk to us somewhere. Amen. <laughs> Very good. All right, Pastor Jenny, one more. <laughs> Can my angel become visible to me? And that is a yes. Mm -hmm. So there's stories throughout the Bible where God would reveal angels to people. Obviously, I, it's not one of those things that is on, on demand of God. We don't have on demand angels. Let me see you. But in, there's cases when God will allow you to see angels in the spirit realm. So mm -hmm. that's something I, you definitely could, if you have really have a desire to see angels, you could ask for that visitation. But you don't want to put all your, all your um, focus on that either because that right. could lead you astray all alone. And you may see something you don't want to see. That is true. Or the devil will show you something that's not biblical. Right. Right. Lining up with the spirit. Awesome. Well, let's give it up for our girls today. Thank you, ladies, so much. You have such wise pastors, don't we? Well, go ahead and take your packets out, ladies. And uh, something I decided to do, and you can continue to write your questions. If you didn't receive a packet um, back there at the table, go ahead and grab one. Um, did everybody get one? Raise your hand if you didn't. We can have somebody run one to you. Okay. Go ahead, baby. Just get what you need. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm going to get right into the message because I have lots of scriptures to go over today. Um, so if you have your packets, what I decided to do, girls, I was going to break your sheets up into every week, give you the notes that I have. Um, I decided just to print the entire teaching so you can have extra uh, scriptures to study this week. I'll rabbit trail from our teaching, from your notes. You want to make sure you have your pen and paper out. Um, if you didn't bring your Bible tonight, please make sure you bring your Bible because I want you to open up your pages. I want this to be a Bible study study so that we're actually taking time to open up our scriptures. I know normally we put them on the screen, but I want this to kind of be more of an informal kind of uh, 
you look at your own scriptures, amen? So if you didn't tonight, I do apologize, and I'll, I'll go slow so you're able to find your pages, and, um, and uh, what else am I going to say? So yeah, and so that way you'll have some notes to study for the week, amen? All right, y'all got your papers out, get your, your pen out, additional notebook if you need it, and um, I'm going to pray. And we're going to go into part two. I do apologize. Last week we recorded our first session, but it accidentally got deleted. So, because what happened was it was recorded, but the system got shut down before it rendered, and so we lost it. So, anyway, we'll have to revisit that another time for the ladies that missed it. But today you can hit record, sweetheart, and we are ready to go. So let me pray. Father God, I thank you tonight for this incredible group of women. I thank you, God, that you are giving us a revelation of your world a revelation of your presence, God, a revelation of your power. And I pray tonight, Lord, as we open up the word and we break up the scriptures, that you'll give each of us an individual revelation, a personal rhema. God, I pray for just a spirit of great discernment to arise in their hearts, God. Give us a heart of expectation that we individually want to tap into your realm, Father God, as women of God, as mothers, as wives, Father God, as leaders in the community, let us have a spiritual insight to your, your kingdom, God, that we can build your kingdom here on earth. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen and amen. Okay, we are going to open up. Uh, we're going to go to number two, why were angels created? Angels are this, if you're taking notes, they are ministering spirits. Uh, we learned a lot about where angels came from. Um, they are uh, heavenly assistants who are continually active in building the body of Christ, advancing the ministry of Jesus, and building his church. Uh, the atmosphere, if we could open up the supernatural realm today, we would see angelic beings everywhere, all around us. And um, it's such a wonderful thing when we start realizing the, the power of the angelic realm that God has given us on earth. And that's why we're going to take time to really teach you what they are, what they do, what they look like. Not that we can um, go and be spooky spiritual and try to see angels everywhere, like Pastor Jenny said. The devil will masquerade himself. Amen. But we want to be aware that even if we don't see an angel or we don't sense it in the flesh, there is an angelic presence on earth that is the messengers of Christ, that is the protector of Christ. And, and so we want to make this aware. So when you learn that, you will have, your prayers will change. When you really learn the, the atmosphere of the supernatural, your authority of your prayers will become so magnified because you're going to know that what you're reaching is a very real realm, amen, that our prayers are not reaching here in this realm, but they are actually reaching heaven's realm. And I'm going to share a scripture verse with you in a little bit in revelations of what happens to your prayers and it's so amazing. So why were angels created? Let me um, go right into Nehemiah. Open up your Bibles to Nehemiah. And I put little blue tabs in mine because I have panic attacks up here. I can't get there quick enough. I get overwhelmed. Add to your notes Nehemiah 5. We're going to look at Nehemiah chapter 9, verses 5 and 6. And this was, uh, you'll see Nehemiah's in the New Testament, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms. So if you find Psalms, go backwards, Old Testament. Go backwards, you'll find Nehemiah chapter 9. Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms, Proverbs. Okay, Nehemiah, chapter 9, verse 5. 
And we are uh, looking at a group of men. I'm going to attempt their names, but uh, the Levites, Jeshua, Kadmiel, Bani, Hashanabnai, <laughs> Sherebiah, Hodijah, Shebaniah, and Pathaniah. I hope I said them right. Said this, stand up and bless the Lord your God forever and ever. These are men that were shouting the praises of God. To, to the Lord, blessed be your glorious name, which is exalted above all. Blessing and praise. You alone are the Lord. You have made the heaven. You have made the heavens of heavens with all their hosts. Everybody circle the word hosts in your Bible. See, God made everything. The first form of our worship to God is our praise, amen, shouting praise. If you study out chapter 9, they're confessing of their sins first. So when we come to Jesus, we're confessing of our sins. Then they're shouting praise and glory unto God, and they begin to thank the Lord for all that he's done. And he says, you have made the heavens of heavens with all their hosts and the earth and everything in it and the seas and all that is in them, and you preserve them all. The hosts of heavens, what do they do? They worship you. So one reason why angels were created, they were created to worship God. Their full agenda in heaven, which we're going to go over some scripture verses here, are to give glory to God. One thing that I want you to see tonight as I go over these next few verses is that as we are worshiping here on earth, you know, we're in this three dimension. We're in this, we come into church and we're kind of in a funk or we're being rushed and, you know, life is happening really fast and we get in these four walls and we put our limited thinking that God is only in these four walls. But as you are worshiping God, you are awakening heaven. As you are worshiping God, heaven takes notice of that worship because all these angels do is glorify God. When you're in your car and you're driving and maybe you're going through a tough time and you put on your worship music, I don't want you to see it just something happening in the 3D realm. I want you to see something's happening in the fourth dimension. There is a supernatural world when you worship, you are awakening. When you are lifting praise to God, you are getting God's attention because God understands worship, amen? God understands his, his celebration, his name, his sound. So as we go through these scripture, scripture verses, I want you to get a revelation of the power of your worship. That we're not here just to go through three songs, you know, four songs in a worship set, and we do that. We have to have structure in the church. But as the team is leading us in worship, angels in heaven are singing the songs of heaven. And they are coming into agreement with our worship. You are getting the ear of God. You're getting the attention of God, and maybe in a way that your words could never reach him. Because he understands worship, amen? So let's go over to Isaiah chapter 6, and I touched on this a little bit this Sunday. Isaiah chapter 6, verses, um, I'm going to start in verse 2, and it says this. Actually, I'm going to start in verse, start in verse 1, Isaiah 6, verse 1. In the year of King Uzziah died, in that year, King Uzziah died. And what did Isaiah said? He said, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne. Are you guys there yet? I don't want to rush you. Isaiah 6, chapter 1. 
I saw the Lord, is what Jeremiah said, Isaiah said, sitting on the throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. I want you to think about heaven right now. Heaven is a very real place, amen? And God, the Father, is sitting on the throne of heaven, all glory, all power, all authority, all majesty, amen. He's so powerful that Isaiah in his vision said, I saw the train of his robe that filled the temple. You need to have a revelation that we serve an almighty God. When we say that he is the great I am, that is that God that is sitting on the throne, amen. That is the great I am, the alpha and the omega. So as you worship, as you pray, as you're going through your everyday life and you're living this 24-7, the king is sitting on the throne, God is sitting on the throne. He hasn't left his position. He hasn't left his stature. God isn't worried or wringing his hands about you or your dad or your children. He's not worried if he's not protecting them. He's not worried if his destiny is not going to be fulfilled. We are. But when you see the glory of God and you know that he is sitting on that throne, you can release your children to God. Amen? You can release what you're going through to God and knowing that my God has not left his position. He is on the throne full of glory. Amen? Now, above it in verse 2, it says, above it stood a seraphim. Each one had six wings. Think about this. One angelic being called a seraphim. A seraphim, the word means this, to set on fire. Do you know that the seraphim were the, uh, or are the ministering angels of worship? And so as you're worshiping God, these angels that were created to worship, even their being is described as fiery red, that as you worship God, you are going to be set on fire. Why do you think the devil tries to steal your praise? Why does he think he keep you out of worship, keep you out of the house of God? Because as you worship God, the angels now, the ministering angels that are sent on assignment to God in your life will begin to minister the hope and healing that you desperately need in your life. And in this particular incident, it was the ministering angels of worship. Amen. Those uh, seraphims were this. They're a burning angel. Um, The Bible says they're fiery and they're gliding angelic beings. Amen. They're agile and they also call them gliding desert creatures, presumably a fiery serpent. Think what this angel must look like. It, It is, the Bible says it has six wings. It's called the seraphim. Two of the wings covered their eyes, don't know exactly why. Two of the wings covered their feet, and the other two wings flew. And the seraphim were flying above the throne room of God. They are watching over God, where the seraphim angels were guarding around the throne room of God. Their angels would touch, they would be one on each side, and their wings would touch each other. And they're guarding over the throne room of God. Can you imagine what that throne room looks like in heaven? Just think about the power of that angelic being. The Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament has the two angels sitting on top of it. And if you read it in your study, both wings touched each other and they were guarding over the word that was in there. They were guarding over the anointing that was in there. They were guarding and protecting. Listen, you have guarding angels over your life. You have angels protecting you, angels protecting your children. 
Angels protecting your home, amen. You're coming and you're going. There's probably not a day that I don't pray, especially over this church. Lord, let your angels be at the doorpost of this church. And if anybody comes in here with whatever they're going through, those angels are going to be there to guard this temple, amen. All the tactics of the enemy have to be left outside this house, left outside of my house. I pray guarding angels over my doorpost every day over my home. Devil, you're not allowed in my house. Fear, you're not allowed in my house. Anxiety, you're not allowed. And there are angels guarding the doorways of our home. So you've got to recognize the supernatural realm that's out there, amen? That's why the Bible says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Why? Because I've got angels guarding me. If, If God has angels guarding his throne room, he's got angels guarding and protecting us, amen? So the seraphim are ministering angels closely related to the throne and the praises of God. The seraphim angels do this. Number one, they are constantly glorifying God. All their job is to do is to lift up the nature of God, glorify God, praise God. That's their number one nature. Number one, number two is they are to extol his nature and his attributes. That word extol means this. It means to praise. It means to gush. It means to enthusiastically give honor. Do you know what else that word means? It means to throw bouquets. Do you know that when you are praising God, you are gushing over him? You are throwing bouquets at the presence of God? It also means lyrical. There's something I pray over our praise team all the time. Lord, let them sing the songs that angels sing. Because the songs that are going to change this world, the songs that are going to affect people's lives is going to be the heavenly songs that angels sing, amen, which is what? Lifting up the name of Jesus, glorifying God. That's why in this church, we go through the song list, and we're like, if it doesn't mention Jesus and glorify God and just a happy song, we don't want to sing it because we want to sing about Jesus. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, right, I'll draw all men unto me. So when you lift up Jesus, sometimes we get so over-spiritual, and, and all we need to do is really praise God enthusiastically. Thank him for his joy. Thank him for his forgiveness. Thank him for your healing, right? Have a heart of worship to God, and you'll begin to get the attention of God. Amen? Above it stood a seraphim. Each one had six wings, With two, he covered his face, with two, he covered his feet, and with two, he flew. And one cried to the other, and this is where we get that song, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. That's all the angels sing. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. What is holy? Holy is sacred. God, you are holy. There's this old song, I can't sing, but it's that song that says, the holy, 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 the one who is, the one who was, you know this one, and is to come. I don't know. Holy, 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 the one who is, the one who was, right? Do you feel the presence of God? Sometimes that's all you got to do. We, get, we overanalyze the presence of God. You can be in your car and turn it off and holy, holy, holy are you, God. You are high and lifted up and your glory fills the temple, God. See, do you feel heaven opening up right now? See, we get so religious, don't we? And we make things so difficult and we make things so hard. But all we have to do is sing the songs angels sing. <laughs> 
sing scripture verses, amen, and let the presence of God now, now ministering angels. I feel ministering angels right now just touching me all over my body right now. I feel heaven touching me because my heart was to, for you to feel God's presence in this room, amen. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory, amen. So why were, why, why were angels created to minister to God? Angels are worshiping to God. Many things, but that's one of the other ones. All right, let's go into the New Testament and look at Luke chapter 2, verse 13. We know the story. Actually, we're going to start in verse 8. And I love pointing this out because all of us know this story, but I think it's so good to tear it down and really see the presence of angels here in Scripture. But in Luke chapter 2, verse 8, it says this, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. How many know this story? We hear it all the time. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them. See, angels want to be present in your life, amen? Angels are here to manifest the glory of God and to be messengers of Christ. So if we're asking, Lord, show me your supernatural, amen? Show me your will and your word and your way. And the Bible says, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. In a couple weeks, we're going to go over what angels look like. But if you look in this scripture verse, they were a shining glory of God. One of my little kids back at our Beloit church, she saw angels, and they're not male or female. And she saw angels with these gold ribbons all over them. You know, and she was a little girl, and she'd see them. She'd be out in her play, playing in her, in her field. They lived on a farm, and uh, she would just see them clothed in all these beautiful gold ribbons. Well, the glory of God, amen? It's that childlike faith, isn't it, that just sees this supernatural realm. So it goes on to say, and the angel said to them, what? Bring a message. Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. So what do we see here? The angel gave a message and gave a sign pointing back to Jesus. So if an angel's going to visit you, they're going to give you the good news, right? They're going to tell you the good news of Jesus, and they're going to bring a sign that's going to bring glory to God. And you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the, heavenly, with the angel a multitude, was it say, and suddenly there was with the angel. And I want you to see something in this scripture verse. One angel was speaking. The angel began to be a messenger of Jesus, declaring the Son of God coming. As soon as Jesus was mentioned, what happened? And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, do you see that just by mentioning the name of Jesus, all of the angels had to give glory to God? Do you see how powerful that is? Everyone in heaven heard Jesus, and they said, glory to God in the highest on earth, peace, and goodwill towards all men. If you're just driving in your car, say, Jesus, 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 all of heaven is going to say, glory to God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Amen? We are in a supernatural realm, ladies. God is so powerful, and we put him in this little bitty box with our little mind not feeling spiritual. We don't have to feel spiritual. You have the power of Jesus. 
You have the name of Jesus that every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess, amen? So when you're saying Jesus, all of heaven goes, I know that name, that shouts of glory to God, amen? And verse 15, so it was when the angels had gone away from them, where did they go? Into heaven. So what do angels do? They come and they go. They come, this particular one, and they go. They are messengers of heaven. Some of you might have children that are living on the streets or running away. I know I pray for many of you. You say, Lord, let the angels visit my child. You have a child away from God. Send an angel God to scare the bejeebers out of them. Amen? See, God, let them have an encounter with you, Father God, because when Isaiah saw heaven, changed his whole life. He said, Lord, whatever you want me to do. See, when your children see God and they have an encounter with an angel, they have an encounter with the supernatural, they'll say, Lord, my life is yours. I know when my brother, my brother was a rebel. So if you've got a rebel kid, God has a call on their life. Amen? He was a rebel and he denounced God. He felt the presence of God be sucked out of him in his room. The Holy Spirit was convicting him, and, and he turned around, and he said, he came in, he felt the presence of God. I'm sorry for this popping, ladies. I'll try not to move. Um, he felt the presence of God come in his room, and he turned around, and he said, I'll serve you when I'm ready. And he felt this, this vacuum of God. He said he didn't feel God's presence for years, years. And um, one day, because he's got a praying mama, amen? Lord, you're going to deal with my son. You're going to visit my son. He's got a call of God in his life. He's going to surrender his life to Jesus. He's going to live out his destiny. And one day he was at his job, and all of his friends, the coworkers, he said, everybody went to lunch together. And he's like, no, I'm going to hang out. He worked at a shop. He's like, I'm going to hang out here by myself. And so he started cleaning his work, the, the thing he was doing, his job. Everybody left. And as soon as everybody left, he said the power of God hit him so hard, it threw him to the ground. He said it felt like somebody had a big iron foot standing on his back. And the Lord said to him, serve me now or you never will. He knew how to hear God's voice when it was time, amen? Listen, God can speak to your situation. He doesn't need us crawling through broken glass and being religious and getting all fearful about it. You seek God on him. You send the Holy Spirit. You send angels to speak the messengers of Christ to him, amen? And he said, you serve me now or you never will. And, of course, hey, you have that kind of encounter. He surrendered his life to Jesus Christ that day. He called all of his secular friends and said, I've given my life to Jesus, and I want you to give your life to Jesus. And he led many of his friends to Jesus Christ that day, and now we know the rest is history. Now his child's children are serving God. He's got grandchildren coming up in the kingdom. Amen. Let's let the angels move on behalf of our situations. Amen. God wants to move in the supernatural in your life. Sometimes, ladies, especially as women, we take everything on, don't we? Because we can do so much. I mean, a woman could be rocking her child, painting her nails, having the phone, looking, you know, t- correcting this kid. Because we can do so many things, we take on the burden. Because in birth, we've learned to bear down. And we can go through a lot, can't we? But with Jesus, we have to let go. So you have to learn to let these things go. Let the Lord move on your behalf, amen, so that you can sleep. My mama didn't lose any sleep at night because of my crazy brother. She knew God would find a way to reach his life, amen? Amen. Okay, let's keep going here. I think I'm done with that one. Let's go to Revelations. I've been very excited to share this with you. Revelations. And I'd love to do a series on Revelations soon. I've been touching it a little bit in my series here and there, and I've been studying it, but 
I really want to teach the revelation, the end times. But in Revelations 4, let's start in verse 8. It's the last book in the Bible. I want to show you a little bit more of the worship because we're talking about why angels were created. Verse 8, the four living creatures, this is John's uh, revelation, John's uh, vision from God. The four living creatures, each having six wings, we learned about that. They're called the seraphim, were full of eyes around and within, listen to that, and they do not rest night or day saying, isn't that amazing? Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. That worship never stops in heaven. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever, casting their crowns before the throne, saying, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. How many of us have heard that song before? Glory and honor and power, right to him who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb. Amen? So when the angels worship, the 24 elders worship, now every living creature in heaven worships. You see how powerful that is? And what do they do? Worthy are you, Lord, to receive glory and honor. You were created, you for you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. I challenge you ladies this week to go into your prayer time just saying, holy, 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 holy. Let's forget our prayers of many words. Let's forget our prayers of trying to say the right things. Let's just lift up Jesus. Let's just lift up his name this week, amen. You watch things change in your life. You watch your disposition change. You watch the atmosphere of your home change. Because now you're inviting the supernatural into your household, amen. You're inviting the presence of God into your house. I know when I was growing up in my mom's home, my room was my sacred place, and I worshiped in there every day, and I read my Bible in there every day. And my mom used to say when she wasn't feeling good or was going through something, she would go and lay across my bed because she would feel God's presence in there. And I knew it was because it was my place. It's where I met the Lord. I allowed that natural realm to be open to the supernatural realm. Now angels were coming and going. That was their dwelling place, amen? It wasn't just a sneak peek. It was my place with the Lord. That's why I think sometimes, you know, I say, well, go into my prayer closet, you know. I think Miss Denise has her own little prayer closet. She designed her own little prayer room. Why? Because it's that place where you meet Jesus, amen? And it's that place where you know you can feel the presence of God away from everything else. When you invite the presence of God in your worship becomes so pure, doesn't it? All right, let's keep going. This is so powerful. Let's go into chapter five. I saw in the right hand, this is so awesome, of him, capital H, I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And when I saw, then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, it was probably one of the archangels, who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals? And no one in heaven or on the earth or under the earth was able to open the scrolls or look at it. So this is, this is John. So I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scrolls or to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, do not weep. 
Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne, right? Remember the throne. In the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders, so we're talking about the throne room of God that we talked about earlier, stood a lamb as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are seven spirits of God, sent out into all the earth. Now you're thinking, that's crazy. What is that, right? Well, we know the lamb is Jesus, right? I want you to write this down. The seven horns represent this. Complete and perfect power. Jesus is the one who has complete and perfect power. Amen? The seven eyes represented complete and perfect knowledge and insight. Listen, when you don't know what's going on in a situation, when you don't have the ability to change it, The Lamb of God is perfect. The one that was slain, he is what all seeing, all knowing, and all power to execute in your situation. Amen? Isn't that powerful? And the seven spirits, which I didn't have time to really dig too deep into that one yet. I believe it might be the seven gifts of the Spirit flowing fluently through Jesus I'd have to dig a little bit deeper. You're welcome to study that a little bit, all right? Can you see the supernatural realm here, ladies? It's very real, isn't it? This angelic realm is very real and very powerful. Verse 7, then he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of God, right? This is Jesus, the lamb, who sat on the throne. He took the scroll. Now, when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each having a harp. Think how majestic that must have looked. Every angel had their own harp worshiping God. So beautiful. And listen, this is the part I wanted you to hear. And golden bowls of incense, which are filled, which are the prayers of the saints. Do you see where your prayers are going, ladies? You may think they hit the ceiling, and you may think they are getting nowhere, but they are filled in golden bowls of heaven. You may think you're insignificant, and you may think God is not answering your prayers. He cares about them so much, he's got golden bowls for them. (laughs) I don't know about you, but that's pretty amazing. Amen? I want you to understand, ladies, every prayer you pray gets the attention of God. And like our lady said today, it may come in a time. Pastor um, Elder Mike's did not come overnight, but angels were moving on his behalf to manifest this season that he's in right now. Our days are not God's days. Our days are not numbered. God's not a 24-7 God, amen? The Bible says his days is a 1,000 years and a 1,000 years as a day. God is not on our timetables. So if you haven't had your prayers answered yet, if you haven't had that breakthrough yet, it's okay. Just picture them in that golden bowl in heaven and just go, I'm good. That's when I don't have to worry. My kid's in that bowl. My husband's in that bowl. My future helpmate's in that bowl. Amen? 
That debt paid is in that bowl. And my God, the creator of the universe, has every way to execute his will to be done in my life. Amen? The Bible says if we don't praise him, the rocks will cry out. So I think God can manifest his will in your life. Amen? We have to understand we serve a supernatural God, though. Quit getting out of this natural realm of it working out and know that God has a much bigger plan for your life than you could ever imagine. Amen? And I think the more that you are saying, God, I want this, the more you're going to see this happen in your life. I have a list of stories of the supernatural because my parents have moved in it since they got saved. I'm hoping, Pastor Gloria, I'm hoping she'll be in town to come next Thursday. I shouldn't get you all excited, but I'm hoping. But she has so many stories of the supernatural of God moving in her life. And because that was natural, that was first nature in my family, was first nature in my life. That's why I was always looking for angels on the sly. I'm like... I wonder if that dude's an angel right there, <laughs> right? But I always expect God to move in the supernatural because I grew up in that. Some of you, this is all brand new. Start expecting it. Say, God, I want the miraculous in my life, amen? We don't want to be spooky spiritual, but let's expect it. And then you'll have that testimony like, oh, my God, this happened. Only God could have done it, right? We're not trying to look for it. We're going to walk with Jesus, and then he'll unfold it in our life. I believe in the end times we're coming to, we're going to see a lot of the supernatural. But we'll also see the, um, in the end times, you know, the Bible says that the devil will do many signs and wonders also. That's why we don't follow signs and wonders. Signs and wonders follow us. And that's why the importance, listen, of the local church is so valuable. And that's why the devil has tore up the local church and made us insignificant. That's why we have a generation of our young millennials rising up. I don't know what the next generation's called, X, I think. I think the next one's X. They don't want church because the devil's making sure they're not in the safety of multitude of counselors. Keep them out in the world, right? Keep them on their phones watching stuff and not in the safety of the church to be led by the men and women of God. Amen? That's why you want to know. You wanna, the Bible says know those who labor among you. You need to know your pastor. Amen? You need to know your covering because when the end times come, you're going to know that we're following God and not some weird stuff in the world so that we're going to lead you right to Jesus and not to weirdness. Because I've been around stuff a long time, guys. Um, I know I look so young. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, you're so awesome. I did not say it for that reason. I was totally teasing. But I've been doing this for 30 years, and I, I grew up in the church even longer than that, you know, so since I was five. And I've seen movements come and go in the kingdom. And all this hype stuff comes and goes. We have to be so careful, you know, that the enemy loves to manifest weirdness. And God, just stick with the Bible. That's it. Just stick with If you don't find it in the Bible, then you don't have to persecute someone that's doing it. We don't want to talk against other churches. That's not, that's not our concern. It's your maturity of your walk with God. If it's not in the Word, I ain't doing it. Amen? And that'll keep you spiritually mature and keep you out of flake-baked stuff. We are going to grow up in Jesus. Amen? A saying my dad used to always say, if you're all spirit and no word, you blow up. And if you're all word and no spirit, you dry up. But if you're word and spirit, you grow up. Okay? So we love the spirit, but we stick with the word. Okay? So if you're not in the word, then the devil will get you on all kinds of emotional tangents. And that just gets into weird, spooky, spiritual stuff. Amen? All right. All right. Let's keep going. Did I get it all? 
Uh, Taking the scrolls, the prayers of the saints, verse 8. How powerful is that? And then what did they do again? They sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain and you have redeemed us to God by your blood. Out of every tribe and tongue, people and nation, and have made us kings and priests to us, right? Made us kings and priests to our God. And we shall reign where? On earth. Isn't that awesome, ladies? Okay, let me keep going. All right, go to verse 11. Let's keep going. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne and living creatures and the elders and the number of them were how many? Ten thousands times ten thousands and thousands of thousands. You see how many angelic beings there are? Can't even count that. I had my calculator, I could. Saying with a loud voice, what were they doing? Worthy is the lamb who is slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them were doing what? I heard them saying blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever and ever. Do you know that animals praise God? In heaven, flowers praise God. Everything praises God. Every living creature praises God. How much more we should, amen? All right, let's go down to poor, uh, B. What are angels for? Their ministry to man. I want you to go to Genesis 28, 12, the very beginning of the Bible. Genesis 28, 12. This is uh, Jacob's. Dream. I think this might answer one of the questions somebody asked. I can't remember. He had a dream. Oh, about the dreams and the visitations of angels and dreams. This is this validates that. This was Jacob. Then he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth, and its top reached to the heavens, and there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Do you see that? In in Jacob, there was a ladder. He was waiting for the will of God. He wanted God to reveal himself. Now, we know Jacob did what? He wrestled with the angel because he wanted God to bless him. But the Lord showed him that if you could see in the supernatural realm, angels are coming and they are going. They are ascending and they are descending. Amen? And we'll go over more detail about angels, this type of ministry in a couple weeks from now. All right, let's go to Matthew verse 4, and I'm going to show you some scripture verses, a story. Matthew verse 4. And we don't see a lot of this supernatural. I believe other nations do because they are so open to God. I believe America is spoiled and we're wealthy and we don't have a need for God. But in other countries, they desire God, so they're seeing supernatural. They're seeing angelic beings. They're seeing cancer literally falling off people's bodies, cataracts falling out of eyes. Can you imagine that? Jesus, please bring that to America. Amen? We have a need for God. But these are the things that I believe will manifest in these end times. All right, Matthew chapter 4, verse 11. This was Jesus, right, being tempted by the devil for 40 days. Verse 11, the devil left him, Jesus, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. So what do we have? We have ministering angels. They'll come down. Jesus was hungry. 
Jesus was tired. We don't know what his earth suit was going through because he was all God and he was all man, right? He had fasted 40 days. The devil had been hitting him very hard. We don't know exactly how the angels ministered to him, but they refreshed Jesus. So you'll see, you know, certain times in Scripture that they'll minister in food, they'll minister in water, they'll minister in rest. These are the ways that the angels can minister to you, amen? All right, let's keep going here because I want to get to the rest of our Scripture verses. Let's see if that's all I want in Matthew 11. All right, the angels there were this. They were special senses of spiritual, heavenly personage attended upon God and functioning as messengers from the Lord sent to earth to execute his purpose and to make them known to man. So when you need a ministering angel of God, there'll be a messenger sent from God to give you exactly what you need. Powerful, huh? So what you have need of, they're going to come, be sent to earth to fulfill the purposes of God. Angels are invisible presences in the assembly of Christians and are appointed by God to minister to believers. Okay, let's go on tonight, and we'll get more in detail on that next week. All right, number three, does each Christian really have a guardian angel? That was one of our questions tonight, right? Okay, it's so funny. My best friend, Clarissa, for some reason, this doesn't happen to me anymore, but I am so accident prone that I used to get in so many accidents, knock things over. I was in Vegas and I had a, a bag, shopping bag, and I was in one of the stores there, one of the high-end stores, and I was walking and somehow I kicked the bag with my foot and my bag went right into a glass display with little glass items. No joke, it came crashing down. It was the loudest noise. It was so embarrassing. That kind of stuff has followed me my whole life. It's never ending. One of my pastor friends said she wanted to pray for me to uh, break off the spirit of, what was it, infirmities, I think it was, or something, tragedies, the spirit of tragedies off of me. And my other friend said, no, 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 don't do that. That's what we love about her. It's always like a huge story wherever we go. But my friend Clarissa said that all the naughty, well, no, yeah, all the naughty angels in heaven had to watch me for a week because I was high maintenance when it came to protection. Not really true, but, well, maybe it was true. Who knows? But <laughs> yes, I do believe we all have our own guarding angels, and I'm going to show you some scripture verses to uh, point you to some truth. Okay, are you ready? Let's go to Psalms 91. And I'm going to get some scriptures going, ladies, a few more minutes if you're okay. All right. Psalms 91, this is a wonderful, we know uh, scriptures of protection over us and our families. We should pray this all the time. It says this in uh, Psalms 91, verse 11 and 12. Starting 11 and 12. For he shall give his angels, what? Charge over you. If you want to write this down, the word charge means to appoint. God's going to appoint angels over you. God will command angels over you, and God will commission angels over you. For he shall give his angels charge over you to do what? Keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall what? Bear you up. Angels are protecting you, lest you dash your foot against a stone, right? All right, now, if you go over, just go back a few verses to verse 4 and 5. He shall give his angels charge over you, right? Verse 4 and 5, he shall cover you with his 
feathers. Now, do you think God has feathers? No. His feathers are what? The angels of protection. He shall cover you with his feathers. And under his wings, God doesn't have wings, right? His protecting angels, his wings, you shall take refuge. Now, in your Bible, if you want to circle, take, and draw an arrow, I love to write in my Bible, put the word trust. Under his wings, you shall trust. See, once you've commissioned things to God, he has got his protection over you, and you know that you can trust God for his protection. Many of you have children here. Trust God to protect your children. Now, we have to be wise, but we don't want to be fear and worried all the time what's going to happen to them. Amen? Just as much as you're under the shield of protection, so are your children. And pray that. Pray this scripture verse, Lord, that you said you've given your angels charge over my son, over my daughter, amen, over my husband as he travels. Take that authority of the prayer. Commission the angels of God over whatever situation that you need. In your traveling, and I know you ladies probably do this, but the second you get in your car, thank you, God, for your protecting angels over this car. I'm going to be in the right place at the right time, amen. God's going to reroute all traffic, all danger, all harm. It can't come nigh my way. And my angels are going to be there swarting every wave of danger. I always say when I got my GPS on and I missed my turn, there's no mistakes with God. Maybe I missed my turn. Maybe God rerouted me. Amen. I'd rather just go with the second that his angels are keeping charge over me. I don't ever get mad with a reroute because I just figure God's watching over me. Amen. All right. Under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and butler. Buckler. <laughs> Amen. We need to use wisdom, too, in what God's speaking to us. Let me give you an example really quick. I heard this preacher. He's a famous preacher. I can't remember his name, but I remember this story. Well-known preacher. And he was driving down the street with his family in the car, and, and uh, all of it. There was no traffic anywhere. And all of a sudden, he heard the Lord say, pull over right now. And he thought, well, that's so stupid. There's no traffic here. It's the middle of the night. He didn't listen to the voice. And all of a sudden, he's driving, driving, didn't listen. And, he, and the Lord said, pull over right now. He still didn't listen. And all of a sudden, this, it just got loud. He's like, pull over right now. And he just, with immediate obedience, pulled over. And as he was quickly pulling over, he looked in this rearview mirror, and there was an out-of-control semi-truck heading right for him. And had it hit his car, it had killed him and his whole family. And he remembers just sitting by the side of the road going, like, whew, thank you, Jesus, you know, that you thwarted that danger. But he remembers thinking, everybody would have wondered, how would, why would God have allowed me and my family to be killed? He said, but I almost didn't listen to the voice of God. See, so we have to listen to the voice of God without reason, amen? If the Holy Spirit's saying, don't send your children there, don't send them there. Now, again, we can't get fearful and be all bound up by it. But as women, ask the Lord for discernment to hear for your children, amen? Let's not be, oh, your angels are watching them. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. But also pray for the wisdom to know when yes and when no, amen? Or maybe we need to take time and let's pray through this thing really quick before we travel or whatever it is. Engage the Holy Spirit in your decisions, amen? Engage the Holy Spirit in your travels of protection because he's given this ability, amen? So angels are here to what? They're here to minister to, no, I'm on the other one. Okay, appointed angels over us. All right, let's keep going. All right, let me make sure there's nothing over here. All right, we're under his wings, that prayer of protection, amen? 
which protect, they cover us to keep us from what? Falling, getting lost, or stumbling into the unknown or dangers in the unseen realm. That's the protection of angels in that scripture verse. All right, let me go to Matthew 18.10 really quick. Matthew 18.10. I know it's a lot of verses, ladies, but I want to get it all in. Matthew 18.10. says this, take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I say to you that in heaven, their angels, do you see that? We're talking about personal angels. Don't suffer the children, the lost sheep, to come back to me, because why? Their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. So you see that personal assignment of their own angel, amen? So some of you have your, well, we all have our own personal angels. All right, last scripture verse on this, and then I'm going to close with the story and get you ladies out of here. Let's go to Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12, verse 15. This is the new church in the New Testament. I love this story, ladies. And I believe the Lord's going to show you your own personal experiences with him. But in Acts chapter 12, this was the new church of God. Peter was therefore, verse 5, Peter was therefore kept in where? Prison, right? But constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. So there's the power of prayer working here. And when Herod was about to bring him out, that night Peter was sleeping bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the doors were keeping prison. How many know they did not want him out of that jail cell? Verse 7, now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, manifested himself. I don't know what happened if the Lord showed me my angel. I might just, you ever seen those people on those roller coaster rides that they fly up really quick and then they pass out? And then they come back to, I feel like that's what happened to me if I saw my own angel. I'd be like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> come back to. Because <laughs> they're so powerful, you know, they're giant. And the angel of the Lord stood by him, Peter, and a light shone. So there's another bit of their, what they look like. A light shone in the prison, and he struck Peter on the side. Can you imagine? Like, yo, dude, get up. Rise up, raised him up and said, oh, he raised him up actually. Arise quickly and his chains fell off of his hands. Woo. You see the supernatural working there? God, you may not be natural chains that need to come off of you, but there are spiritual chains that need to come off, amen? Off of people you know or whatever you're going through. Call on the angel of the Lord, amen? And the chains fell. And the angel said to him, gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him and did not know that what was done by the angel was real. See, when God's moving something supernatural in your life, you don't realize it's happy, happening. That's why I'm telling you, don't go looking for it. You'll come through it and go, man, God must have did that, right? You'll realize it was the Lord. But thought he was seeing a vision. And when they were past, listen, when they were past the first and the second guard post, they came to an iron gate that led to the city, which opened to them of its own accord, and they went out and went down the street. Now think about the supernatural here. He's locked up in the deepest cell of the prison. He has to go through one gate, undetected, the next guard, undetected, 
to the gate that's locked that supernaturally opens up and him and the angel walks on down the street. That's a supernatural realm. Let me get to you in the natural. Anybody know the story of Corey Tan Boone? Corey Tan Boone was a survivor of the Holocaust. And her whole family was taken captive, put in the concentration camp. Her sister was actually killed in the concentration camp. And, you know, they stripped them down naked, humiliated them, you know, washed them with water. They could go in with nothing that they owned. And Corrie ten Boone had her Bible. And she said, God, I have to have my Bible with me. I have to have the word with me. Somehow you're going to have to protect me and get this Bible in there. She had the Bible in her hands, and they stripped her naked, and they pushed her past all the guards, and they never saw her Bible. Angels supernaturally protected that Bible, and that woman was able to take the word of God into hell, literally, and share that word of God. And, you know, she came to a scripture verse that said about tithing. And she said, Lord, I don't have anything to tithe. How can I tithe? I have nothing to give. And the Lord said, you have the word. And she began to tear little scriptures out of her Bible, the most cherished thing she had. And she began to pass it around the concentration camp. And she tithed her word away. Isn't that beautiful? See, if God can protect his word, supernaturally he can move on your behalf. Amen? But we have to call upon him, Lord, I need the supernatural in this situation. I don't know when, how, where, what you're going to do, but God. Amen. God can get you through. God can get you promoted. God can get you favor. Amen. God can do whatever you need supernaturally in your life. So they went past the iron gate. Let's go to verse 11. Oh, no, continue in verse 10. He went out the iron gate, led him to the city on his own accord. They went out and went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. Can you imagine how messed up he might have been? Now, we're talking about our personal angels of assignment, so let's keep going. I want to go all the way down because I don't want to take the time to read all these scripture verses. They were, they were praying in the house, all of his friends. Verse 13, and as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a girl named Rhoda came to answer. And when she recognized Peter's voice, because of her gladness, she did not open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate. Verse 15, but they said to her, you are beside yourself. Yet she insisted that it was so. So they said, it is his angel. See, the personal angel. It can't really be Peter, but it's got to be his angel that sounds like Peter. So I know that's led to believe that we have our own personal angels, amen, that are assigned to our life. I don't know. The Bible says grace and mercy follow me all the days of my life. So I don't know. That could be our, our angels, grace and mercy, amen. I don't know. The Bible's not really clear, but they do follow us everywhere we go. So I just know mine are big and strong, amen. Amen. Ladies, learning something new in this series. Are you enjoying this series? I hope. I know we're taking time to really break down the word and, and take a Bible study, but I really want this revelation of angels to just enlighten your heart. Amen? Amen. Let me go ahead and get, go close in prayer, everybody. And if you need prayer for anything, us pastors and elders will stick around. Otherwise, you're dismissed and enjoy a little bit of juice and you can head on out. Amen. Father, I thank you tonight for your powerful supernatural realm. We thank you for the power of your word and the word of God that is breaking down in our life in this study. Lord, give every one of us a personal encounter, 
a personal revelation of your supernatural realm and your angelic host, Father God. Lord, we're not going to go looking for it, but we're going to say, yes, Lord, open up your realm into our hearts and in our lives and our families and our children's that we may give glory to you. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a great big shout tonight. Love you, ladies. You are dismissed. Have a wonderful night. Pick up your babies. Uh, stick, if you need prayer, we'll stick around for a minute. Otherwise, we're here for some fellowship.